We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Tom Kelly, Kyle Quinn with you on a Monday, New Year's Day. Happy 2024 uh, to everybody. Very happy. Yeah, there Very you go. We're all in a great mood today after the Eagles lose to Jonathan Gannon the, uh, and the Arizona Cardinals. Jonathan Gannon gets his revenge. And hey, if you want to... If you want to call in and give some flowers to Jonathan Gannon, uh, I'll accept them on his behalf. I, I mean, not. I was a Gannon guy. I'd, I'd say Rob Ellis and I were the two were the two big John, Jonathan Gannon What was the phrase Rob coined? The Gann the wagon? The Gann wagon. That was awful. It but, was great. I mean. <laughs> but look, I mean. Like, the guy knows what he's doing, man. He's good. He's a football guy. He's a football coach. Oh, we're going to gut him. He gutted us. Yeah, yeah. Gannon. We're going to gut him. They had that fire in their gut on Sunday, man. You gotta, What's look, up, Bird Gang? You got to give it to Jonathan Fire Gannon. in the gut. I he forgot about that. Sirianni by default. So good he for did. Him. He outcoached Nick Sirianni, and uh, hey, man, that's the question now. And if you want to get into one five five nine two nine four nine four, because we talked about it all day, I, and, and if anybody still got hope for this season, I'd love to hear from you. I think you're out of your your mind. Are they out there still? Um, but uh, for us, like I'm looking at this season now, and I'm only watching in terms of like how does this bode for next yep. year, and how does this bode for this team moving forward? Because okay. Maybe they're in the playoffs. Could they beat Tampa Bay or New Orleans on the road in the first game? Maybe. Neither of those teams are very good. Then you're either going to San Fran or Dallas. I don't think the Eagles will win either of those Mm-mm. games. So, you know, you look at this situation now, and uh, I think it becomes much more about next year and how to the Eagles move forward beyond this season. And Nick Sirianni's job, I, I think has got to be in in some sort of jeopardy as we head down the stretch. I I would have been shocked to say that a few weeks ago, but here we are. And and Kyle, I think Nick Sirianni does need to in some way save his job over the next. Yeah, I, like I, I it was uh, Jack Fritz on the morning show today, but he was saying this last week. I think that Nick Sirianni should be coaching for his job. And I, I thought he that, was insane. Found that a little crazy. <laughs> But like, look, th- these next two weeks, I agree with you. Like now that now that the fact that the Eagles just put themselves on a path where the only way they're going to advance in the playoffs is by winning road games. I have zero faith in the team to be able to do that. The only positive you can glean from yesterday's game in the last few weeks is that they're letting young guys get snaps on the defense. Keely Ringo, Sidney Brown. Uh, you're finding a little bit about you know Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, those guys. Like that's unfortunately where we're at. We're an eleven and five football team, and we're talking about. 
finding out what we have for next year, that's a disaster. It's a complete disaster. It, it is, but it looks like this is a dead team. And that was my biggest observation watching the, the game yesterday. And again, we'll say what we say. Analysts will say what they say. doesn't matter. What matters is what the team believes. Yep. And right now, you can tell this is a team that they've lost belief, that they've lost faith, that they know they're not good enough. And if that's the case, I don't know how you fix it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you go about go about solving it. But the the I the ire has got to be directed toward the head coach at this point, and that's where the focus needs to be. Can Nick Sirianni at least get this team? playing hard again because yesterday they didn't play hard like they went through that game like they were going through the motions they went through that game like it was a Tuesday walkthrough and if he's going to be back as the head coach next year I want to see this team at least fight in the next couple weeks and I I don't know if we're going to see that no and there's another thing that I think you have to factor in if you're Lurie and if you're Howie Roseman about the Sirianni thing about the Brian Johnson thing how much of this was your hand forced by the quarterback and his relationship with Brian Johnson. Did Jalen Hurts force Nick Sirianni's hand into putting all of this faith into Brian Johnson? Like, I just need to know sort of by the end of the season where that hierarchy of blame really falls. Like, who is responsible truly for what this looks like right now? Like, I have an idea. I'm pretty sure it's the head coach. But, like, we, we know about the relationship between Jalen Hurts and Brian Johnson. I, I would wager to say that it's a little bit closer than Sirianni. Sirianni and Brian Johnson's was before the season. And, like, the whole thing with, with Jalen Hurts was that we wanted continuity for him. He had been going year after year without having the same offensive coordinator. Now, they weren't really able to help it. Shane Steichen left. But you thought the next best thing was to have his guy, Brian Johnson, step up and be that guy. So how much of that was influenced just by the fact that they wanted to placate the Jalen Hurts? Or was that truly a thing where Nick Sirianni was like, this is the guy that I put all my trust and faith in? I'm not sure. We need to find that out. Yeah, definitely. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Let's go back to the phones. Go to Chuck in Quakertown. Hey, Chuck. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up, Chuck? Good. Listen, I got a lot to unwrap, but I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time. And I'm going to talk about the defense, but I'm not going to talk about the defense. But listen to this for a minute. I've been watching the Birds for over like 40 years. And this is by far the worst defense I've ever I've ever seen here. And so there's a lot going on with the defense. There's a lot of problems, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time with it because we, we just don't have that kind of time. But one thing, and I'll see if you guys agree. The NFL just has to stop doing this. And I know it's not reasonable that they would do this, but they got to stop paying these quarterbacks because this is why you have defenses looking like, like our defense looks. There was no reason, and maybe agree or disagree, there was no reason to pay Jalen Hurts wow. that quickly. I mean, I mean now if he's your guy, if he's your guy and you're sure, I get it. But they, you got You can't buy everything from the dollar store. Well, well, you, Chuck, you got, I, what would your other solution have been? Because you just need to pay him this offseason. It would be more expensive. Okay, listen. But guess what? You're going to find out if that's your guy. Listen, look, 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 at the, um, look at the Ravens. I'm not really that sure about um, Lamar, uh, uh, Lamar Jackson. Or we can even talk about Brock Purdy. Defense, I'm a defensive guy. Defenses basically 
carry your team. I know everybody wants to go to offense, but there's no way that you just didn't have to. You wasn't sure about this guy. This guy thinks more like a running back than he thinks as a quarterback. I don't think this is your guy. Now, tell me, you, you guys really think this is the guy? Yeah, Chuck, I, I do, and I appreciate the call. I mean, I don't, I don't know. The, today, my big takeaway isn't that, oh, the Eagles, what a mistake they made paying Jalen Hurts. No. I mean, Jalen Hurts, honestly, overall, he's had a good year here, um, and you had to pay him last year mm-hmm. at that no, point. There was nobody in the offseason here that was saying, let Jalen Hurts play out the last year of his deal, especially when we just saw all, all the kerfuffle that was going on with Lamar Jackson, and we thought that that might have been his last game as a Baltimore Raven. He was going to go. It was like, you have to pay the quarterback right now. Where I do agree with him, though, is that there's not as much stuff to go around after that. And you're seeing the same thing happen in Kansas City. Granted, it's on the other side of the football. Right. But they're not able to surround Patrick Mahomes with top-level wide receiver talent. It's all going to him. And I don't know if Jalen Hurts is, like, sucking up all the money and people resent him for that. But we have those quotes from Josh Sweat after the Dallas game where guys aren't taking care of each other. And maybe he's insinuating that now that there's only so much money to go around, guys are chasing individual stats and they want to get their money, their, their, their portion of that bag uh, that there's only so much to go around so it's it is a double-edged sword you sort of have to pay the quarterback at the time you can't let Jalen Hurts play out the last part of his deal I don't think anybody was even considering that at the time I don't even think in hindsight that's the biggest issue with this team right now but it is something to where like this is where Howie fell apart the last two regimes is that they paid Carson Wentz. He wasn't able to surround him. And now are we starting to see the same thing happen with Jalen Hurts? And they don't have the foundation, the structure to, to make up for these sort of bump in the road years. Like that coaching staff doesn't seem to have the answers to get them through this. Well, I, I certainly hope not. And if you want to get into one five five nine two nine four nine four, but you know, this is again, and not to continue to bring it back to the same thing, but I do think that it comes back to, to coaching and keeping the locker room strong. And this is why, like, you look at the great coaches, and it's why it's so impressive what they do, whether it's Tomlin, whether it's Andy. You know, to as you have roster turnover, you know, as quarterbacks get paid, as players get their money – Keeping the room together. Yeah. Keeping the locker room together. Because things can fracture apart for whatever reason. And it feels like this locker room has fallen apart. And it's on the head coach and it's on the leaders of the team to keep it together. And and for whatever reason, that that's not happening. And just it feels like a loss of belief across the board has just, has just you know, I guess infected this team. Yeah. It feels like they're infected with some sort of a virus right now. And to the point that you made earlier, and that's why I do believe that a lot of it comes down to, most of it comes down to the head coach, because we have examples of a team with less talent on it. In 2018, 2019, rallying. When things were going wrong, things were going bad, they couldn't get off the ground to start the season. I mean, terrible offensive sluggish starts, and Carson Wentz, you know, looking this and that. Like, he, he looked bad for good portions of, of 2019, and even a little 2018 when he was injured. But, like, the team rallied both they, times. They loved Doug Peterson. They loved Doug Peterson. Doug kept the room together. He took him out for ice cream. Now, I don't know what happened during the pandemic, whether he wasn't able to take the guys out for ice cream anymore, and they lost a little bit of connectivity in that locker room. But you're seeing the signs of a locker room that's just disconnected. Guys don't have faith in the guys calling the shots, whether that's the quarterback, 
I think it's a little bit more of the coaching. I don't think these guys trust the coaching. And you're seeing it in the body language. A.J. Brown shaking his head, walking off the field. All the other guys sitting there on the bench with their heads in their hands, they're not believing the messaging that's coming from the top at this team. And, it, and it's so funny because I almost feel like with the Eagles, they have this weird thing where they bring in coaches and they almost have – too much success right away <laughs> where the, the, it like gives them a bigger head and then they think they they're better than they actually are yeah. like and Doug I, I still think Doug did overall a good job with the players yeah but Doug also after that Super Bowl let's face it I think Doug thought a little higher of his abilities than he probably should have mm-hmm. Nick Sirianni I think maybe we're seeing the same thing here is that you know they go to the Super Bowl? Nick Sirianni, how can he not? He's human. He's probably buying into a lot of this hype. Oh man, I'm a great head coach. You know, we went to the Super Bowl. I'm ten and one, and yep. and he's not handling adversity well. And I think when the coach doesn't handle adversity well, and he feels the pressure, and he panics. Yep. It kind of spreads throughout the team. And I think really what we're seeing is the team kind of taking their cues from the head coach right now. Absolutely. Like if you're a passenger on a plane and you start to feel it hit some turbulence, if the pilot is screaming at the top of his lungs in the cockpit, then like you might be in trouble. Or right. you might think that you are in deep trouble. If the pilot is yelling at me to stay stay calm, I'm not gonna stay <laughs> no, calm. Yeah. Right. So, like, I think it's that's the one parallel that you have from uh the way that the Doug regime ended and the way that this regime ended is that maybe they did get a little bit stuck in mud or stubborn about their ways and thinking that they're better or more effective than they really are. But the name of the game in the NFL is always adaptation. It's about adjusting. It's about the counter to the counterpunch. I mean, Shane Steichen, you know, uh, I love throwing the flowers at Shane Steichen, but he did get to throw a punch and run away by the time that we had to absorb the counterpunch. So, like, I I don't know. Like, I think a lot of this just has to do with Sirianni's inability to adjust, to adapt, to evolve his offense to what the the NFL has changed offensively so drastically just from last year to this year. Yeah. And it feels like Sirianni is getting left in the dust just like Doug Peterson did. Yeah, it does feel like that. Let's go to Greg in Phoenixville. What's up, Greg? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. What's up, Greg? Hey, um, it, uh, 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 when things go this badly, this quickly, you got to have blame on everybody. So I love the results of that poll you said earlier. Um, yeah, I think it just goes – I think it goes all around. When things go this badly, this quickly, it really goes all around. And, um, I, you know, I never played football. I never coached football. But just like a lot of the callers, you know, we watch it for our whole lives. We love the sport. You know what's going on and you know what you're watching. And um, – I just don't think this coaching staff knows what they're doing. I can't watch the same plays be run ineffectively that you know they're not going to work. And I can't watch, you know, I I think there's a lot of parallels to other sports as well. Like when you see the Phillies all of a sudden having offensive ineptitude, they make it look really hard. And that's always been like a a uh-oh moment for me. When I'm watching the Phillies and they make it look really difficult. I'm like, this is not a good sign. And I'm what I've been watching this Eagles offense all year as we all have. And it started in the new England game where they just make things look very difficult, very slow slogging. Like things are very slow to develop. Even Jalen hurts his throwing motion to me seems very long and just, it takes forever to, to gain any momentum. And it just looks really difficult, and when things go this badly this quickly, all fingers have to point at the coaching staff, and you watch that defense. The Arizona Cardinals offense ran all over you. I can't reiterate that enough. The Cardinals, and you watch this defense not 
change. They just let it continue to happen. I mean, we all knew what was going to happen when they got the ball back. We all knew what was going to happen, yep. and they, they didn't adapt at all. I mean, you just said it. So when that happens, you have to look at the head coach who is refusing to accept the reality in his face that the Cardinals are running all over you. We got to do something different here. You got to go talk to the defensive coordinator and say, look, we got to do something different here. You got to talk to the offensive coordinator and say, do not throw a bubble screen on third and 20. I don't know what I'm talking. I've never played the sport, but if I know what's going on, then we got big problems. No, no it's true, Greg, and I appreciate the call. And, and again, coming down to situational awareness, and this is a great point to, to Greg's point here, is not adjusting in-game. Like, you're watching that game, and, and Kyle, we, we talked about it all day. We all knew what Arizona was doing on that last drive. They were going to score a touchdown. Well, and it's like 28-28, you get the onside kick, you got to be playing for the touchdown. Yes. You can't be playing for a field goal. And for Nick Sirianni to say after the game, well, the wind was blowing in our face. First off, you have Jake Elliott, okay? The dude's going to make the kick, whether it's from 43 or 53 or 60. He's going to make that kick if you need it. But for first and 20 to run two quarterback run plays and then a bubble screen when you have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, DeAndre Swift, you have all your offensive starters that you had week one. Your offense is completely healthy. Your defense can't stop a nosebleed. How are you playing for a field goal there? Like That is just... I, I, it's incomprehensible. It makes zero sense. It, does the coaching staff not have faith in the players that they? I mean, they assembled one of the best like offensive rosters in the NFL. Like, still, let's be honest, it is. Like, I know that their their uh, their whatever their EPA might not look like the like the Dolphins or the 49ers, and they don't run the motion, whatever. But they were racking up points, and they have the talent on that side of the ball. Last season, it felt like if they got a first and twenty, it was like we got that. No problem. This year it feels like a death sentence. Well, you don't give yourself a chance. It feels like the drive's over right. because they don't trust the players to make plays. It's like, why don't you trust your $250 million quarterback to make a throw 20 yards down the field? They just converted a third and 20 last week with Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. And your solution this time is two quarterback draws and a freaking bubble screen? You're at the 30-yard line. Even if you get nothing, if you throw three incomplete passes, you have Jake Elliott from 48. Okay, Jake Elliott's going to make a 48-yard kick, to not throw the ball down the field, to not go to your receivers in those spots, it, it just makes absolutely no None. sense. None. And it with the way no sense. The way your defense was playing, to play for a field goal at, in that situation was playing for the loss. Because you should, uh, we all knew it watching the game, the only way that this team was going to have a chance to win was if, one, we scored the touchdown on that drive, and two, we stopped the Cardinals from scoring the two-point conversion on their subsequent touchdown. We all knew they were about to get right. on that final drive. We all knew that. So, like, it's like you just said. It's like our caller just said. I don't know why these things seem so apparent and obvious to us watching the game from our couches, and, and, and it's just getting lost on this coaching staff. I just don't understand it. It's so maddening. It is. Uh, let's go to Terrence in Springfield. What's up, Terrence? Terrence. Tom. Kyle, Happy New Year, bro. You too, Terrence. Uh, How's it going, man? All right, I'm about to break it down like nobody hasn't broken down yet. First, this guy, Sirianni, gets up here. The last eight weeks, it hasn't been – you look awful. Offense and defense. You get up here week by week. We got to put the players in better positions. We got to coach better. Nothing's, nothing's changing for you. And for a rookie to get up there and say that, 
uh, last night. Yeah. I listened to the show. That's that's horrible. That's despicable. Yeah, Terrence, how about that? Not even a vet. It's a rookie stepping out and saying that. Now, and, I said, and, and, and that's what I feel right now. I feel like instead of this guy getting there and sitting out and getting on these on these players' ass and coaching and getting getting tough with these players, I feel like he's trying to like my grandma always told me to keep it real, and I'm gonna keep it real right now. I feel like he's trying to be the homie. He's in the locker room trying to be one of the bros. Mm-hmm. No, how about you coach and, and get some adjustments in the game instead of saying it and you're not even doing it. And, and we we wanted to chase the side out of here when we should have chased Brian Johnson out, out of his position because you sit there. And you almost got Devontae's career ended, uh, and this guy gets his ankle, the back of his ankle rolled up, which could have been, it could have been dreadful for, for for this guy's career. You're gonna call back-to-back quarterback runs on third and 16, and you lose yards, and then you go back and do a bubble screen to Kenny Gangwell with a 60-pound receiver blocking. Like, what are you doing? And this, this is this is the thing right here. These teams know they, you know, you know how a team know they can beat us because they know. They can run up and down on our on our defense the whole game, and they know if they if they get our, our offense, if they get two or three stops, they they got a chance to win. All these teams that come in here and they know that if they get two or three stops and their offense has a bad game, they know they can run rough shot on our defense. And, and right now, I feel like he should be coaching for his job because you're about to get blanked in the playoffs, and you might not even beat the Giants because that's a home game for the Giants. You think they're not going to be up for that? Well, I mean, I, I they're playing hard, Terrence. I mean, the Giants stink, so I don't I don't really know uh, about that. If the Eagles play hard and play well, they should win. But I can't guarantee they're going to do and, that. And, and they didn't play hard this yesterday. This is season for these for these mediocre teams to play spoiler, and they should have knew that yesterday. They had some kind of urgency, but right now. Everybody talking about how it ain't Howie. It is Howie. Could you put these bums? Shaq Leonard is a bum. You get these. You don't got no safeties. You get these guys off the street. Like like it's like like it's a good thing. It's not good. You need to get some quarterbacks. You need to get some linebackers in here that can play. Yeah, no, it's true, Terrence, and I appreciate the call, man. And yeah, I mean, I do, and I've defended the Eagles and the way they build for a while. I do think they need to change the way they look yeah. at this defense a little bit because, it, dude, if you're if you're pass rush. If your defensive line is not getting home, you just got nothing. The defensive right. line, the defensive line's dead. I mean, they're 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 done at this point. They never get to the quarterback. Th- that's that's the thing. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Like to build a team through the trenches. Yeah. Like that's I, I think that is the correct way to do things, but that doesn't mean you neglect the other parts of it, right? Because if, like you said, the defensive line sort of finds itself in a rut or they're struggling to get home, you need to at least have something back there that you can rely on. Like, I get having a strong, like, I get wanting your D-line to be the strongest unit on your defense, but that doesn't mean the rest can be slop. It's not going to be able to make up for the rest being slop. Like, in 2017, our pass rush was eight guys deep. But, like, you could say what you want about Ronald Darby, Jalen Mills, whatever. Like, I mean, that defense played outstanding as a unit at home, at, at least, right? Like, this team. And they played hard. Uh, so they hard. They played their asses off. And Jim Schwartz is a great defensive Absolutely. And, and this team just got dragged up and down the field by a 3-12 and Cardinals team. Like, I, I can't get that out of my head. It, Jonathan Gannon and a team that struggled to put up 29 points in a single game all year just killed us. I mean, they dominated us. Well, at least I got some good news, Kyle. 
Uh, we've got Eagles uh, players defending them, themselves via Twitter. Oh, is that right? So this is always very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Josh Sweat has responded to some guy on Twitter. Uh-oh. Apparently a direct message situation. And, I mean, fans that message players, just not. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's don't do it. But he says, can you finish a bleep and sack? You're losing games for the Eagles because you can't sack the quarterback. And Josh Sweat responded, uh, can you name a game that we lost because I missed the sack? The guy just sent back the entire game log. And then Josh Sweat just responded on Twitter. You still haven't answered my questions. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that's always great. You know, when the team's losing, uh, I'll just suggest the Eagles players just stay off social media. Well, hold on a second. Wasn't that last, uh, maybe it was the second to last touchdown. Am I mistaken, or did Josh Sweat he did miss him whiff on a sack? Yeah, it was big. It okay. was a big moment. Yeah. I, 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 Josh, so I, I would like to yeah. answer your question. Yeah. I'm going to raise my hand here. I, I, I don't want to put the, the blame on Josh Sweat losing that game. I, that's a little bit over It was the top. a big and play. I'm not the guy. Yeah, huge play. And I'm not the guy to, to condone direct messaging and players. It, don't message players, okay? Yeah. That's, that's losing Don't behavior. message players. But, like, also, Josh... Don't look at you like I know it's hard for me to say this. Don't don't look at your messages, man. Like after that game, do you think it's a good idea for you to go on Twitter and like you know what you're getting into? You're gonna you're asking for a fight with fans, man. Like just just don't do it, man. It's not yeah. gonna go well for you. No, it's it's not worth. You'll it. never win a battle against Eagles fans. I know this. Trust me. Never, never. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, two one five five nine two nine four nine four. See everybody on hold. We will get to everybody when we return. Also, before we get out of here, give you picks for the uh, college football games mm-hmm. coming up later today. Uh, so all that coming up. I'm Tom Kelly, Kyle Quinn, in for the uh, midday guys, Joe and Hugh today. Sports Radio ninety four. WIP. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 94 WIP, Tom Kelly, Kyle Quinn with you for one more segment here. Coming up 2 to 6 today, Broads and Al Morgani. So I'm sure those guys will be fired up about this loss as well. Um, But we were just talking during the break, Kyle, as we enter – Week 18 now, obviously not uh, great stuff for the Eagles. By the way, the Eagles will play at 425 uh, this Sunday, so we'll keep an eye on that. And also, 
Cowboys game. I mean, still a chance for the Eagles to win the NFC mm. East if the Cowboys lose and the Eagles win. Uh, but some good games. So we'll have Saturday, a doubleheader, Steelers-Ravens. Ravens probably resting a lot of people. Steelers uh, still have hope. They need to win and the Bills to lose to Miami. That game Sunday night. And then Saturday night, uh, you'll have the Texans and the Colts. And that's going to be great. That's yeah. basically a winner is in for a playoff spot. Man. Maybe a coach of the year game right there uh, between be. Steichen and D'Amico. And D'Amico. Yeah, two guys with the Eagles ties. How about that? And I, I don't like. So, is there no scenario where I guess we were getting into the weeds here, where Texans and Colts could both make it? I think there is, but they need. I mean, they it need would some help. Well, Jacksonville would need to lose to Tennessee. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and right. then, I, I, you know what? I don't know if there's a route for that. I know one of those teams could obviously still be the division champ if Jacksonville loses. So, But there's a lot of, uh, I would say, more meaningful action than I, I guess I expected. Well, I love you know, Week 18. Well, you know what really blew the whole thing up? Us losing. Like, we could have set up for the one seed to still be in play. Yep. The two seed to still be in play. Like, for us, like, there would have been – there were about, like, four or five – other scenarios for the NFC that are out the window now because of this loss to Arizona. We screwed the NFL. And you know what was a sickening video from yesterday? Oh, the Niners thing? Oh my god, Mike Silver uh, uh, streaming the Eagles game on his phone and Debo Samuel and Kittle (laughs) standing there watching the Eagles lose that game to the Cardinals, knowing they clinched the one seed, and man this is, and this could be the worst case scenario for the Eagles. Like could you imagine the Niners end up winning the Super Bowl? Well, you know, could you imagine, Kyle? The, uh, it's yeah, possible. I can imagine. I mean, they right look now, like, they look like one of the best teams in football. Right now, it doesn't look like anybody's beating Baltimore. No, I mean they are just rolling. No. They put up fifty-six on Miami yesterday. Yeah, but they're unbelievable. Uh, I think the consensus right now for everybody should be that we are heading towards a Ravens Niners rematch Super Bowl on the uh, from Har- like eleven Harbaugh years ago. And uh, Harbaugh, the Harbaugh, the Harbaugh. Yeah, the Harbaugh. Remember the the lights went out in that game for like a half hour. Man, and and uh, the quarterback for the Ravens is for, at the time is is now 38 and carrying the Cleveland Browns to what could potentially I mean like the Browns could make some noise in the playoffs. Think about how long ago that was the quarterback matchup was Flacco and Kaepernick. I mean that's that's a and, long and, way and, back. And Harbaugh was in the league still. He yeah. might be making his comeback now though. Triumphant return. Well yeah, Harbaugh. To the NFL. Yeah, he'll be he'll be on his way back to the NFL after he gets his ass kicked today by Bammer. There's no doubt about <laughs> that. I'm with you on yeah. that. We we were talking about that getting our gambling uh, yes. sit picks him for the day. Um I love I love the dogs. I love Bama and I love Washington tonight. Yeah, I'm all over Washington uh plus 4. I'm probably just going to go with the money line on Alabama today. Like if you saw the the video of the selection and you saw the looks on those Michigan players' faces, they didn't they they weren't happy that they were going to have to be playing Alabama. I think they wanted the gift to play FSU. They didn't get it. Yeah, uh, body, body languages and uh, that's not too good. And just in general, so. the the Big Ten stinks. It it, it's so terrible. And we have the SEC you know, dominates. It. Uh, Big Ten Ben Kenny, who works here, is like the spokesman of the Big Ten. Poor fellow. Yeah. Terrible conference. Terrible. But I I think Bama's going to go in there. And there's a possibility that Bama kicks their ass. I'm not even going to lie. Oh, I think they will. I don't think Michigan's ready. Yeah, I like Bama and uh, and Washington today. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Let's go back to the phones. Go to John and Bluebell. What's up, John? Hey, how are you? I've been listening for the last two days, and uh, everybody is making legitimate points. Um, the word talent keeps coming up, and uh, all the while we're trying to reinvent the wheel. 
um, when in fact the template is staring us all right in the face. Um, speaking of the 49ers, with the exception of Kristen McCaffrey, we actually talent-wise match up pretty well against them. Um, and they, the 49ers play the same teams that we do. They have motion, they counter, they use misdirection, they're innovative, creative, end arounds, and they don't ask too much of their quarterback. Um, if it were me, I would study every single one of their 70 plays uh, and every single assignment and do our best to duplicate that. Well, this is the thing, what- John, is is in the NFL, though, this is the problem is, yeah, it's a copycat league. You hear that saying all the time, and, and teams will try to, to duplicate this kind of stuff, but then defenses adjust, and then you need to come up with more stuff. And I think that's the difference between, like, a guy like Kyle Shanahan and the Eagles coaching staff. Kyle Shanahan's always coming up with new stuff. He's always coming up with new wrinkles. The Eagles have, no have, nothing, the Eagles have nothing new. They just have the same offense they ran last year, essentially. Yeah, but what they're doing works. And um, the last point I wanted to make defensively throughout this entire season, we haven't blitzed hardly at all. And had I think we're worried about getting beat by the long ball, but nonetheless, we continue to get beat anyway. And um, had we blitzed on that last play against Seattle – I don't believe that play, that pass gets completed, and I don't believe we lose the game. I'm, I'm, for some reason, this team is afraid. This team is afraid to blitz, afraid that we're going to get beat by the long ball, and yet we end up getting beat anyway. Well, I hear you. They John. should be afraid to blitz because when they do blitz, they get smoked. Do you? I mean, like I don't know if you saw the numbers uh, against San Francisco with Brock Purdy, what he did against our blitz. We blitzed him like 11, 12 times or something. And he completed uh, like eleven of his passes. We 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 don't have the guys on the back end to be able to blitz. So I I I know it's it's easy to sit there and say why don't we why don't we send more guys blitz more guys? But like, there's a good reason for that. Sometimes there is there is a reason for them to do what they do or not do what they do, and there is a big reason why they don't blitz. Yeah, they the Eagles didn't, and they didn't blitz a lot last year. No. Like, they didn't blitz a oh, lot no, they last didn't. year. Well, they didn't have to. Right, right. The The pressure was getting there. And, I mean, I get I get the frustration, because it is frustrating watching this defense yeah. and not get any pressure, uh, but... You know, I do think they're they're dealing with a bit of a, a short deck, but again, like I think the players do need to be be better here, and I think maybe yes, the coaching in in total, I think that is the main culprit. But this defensive line's been incredibly disappointing. I mean, the Eagles, none of us would have said coming into this year that the, this defensive line wasn't talented enough, and they're just not getting nearly enough production from these guys. I think we discounted how much we needed more of a veteran presence, at least in the, like, it's, I guess it's hard for me to say that when Fletcher Cox is there, but the, the Hargrave thing is really what's what I look at the most when it comes to the defensive line and the, la- the drop-off in production from last year to this year. Because while Hargrave wasn't a great run defender, he was a veteran guy on a defensive line that knew how to get a sack, right? Double-digit sacks last year as a defensive tackle. Like, he would be able to. And, and you know, if not just Javon Hargrave, maybe try and bring Ndamukong Sue back or somebody. Like, they needed somebody else to be able to sort of be the the, the safety net for when Jalen Carter, ev- like, eventually, we probably all saw it coming, didn't know when it was going to happen. We knew he was probably going to hit a little bit of a rookie wall and sort of plateau at least this season and the later part of the season. I have no concerns with him in the future. I think it's going to be fine. I think he's going to be an elite defensive 
offensive lineman for this team. But like right now, you need a veteran guy on that line that just knows how to get a timely sack. They have none of those guys right now. Yeah, and the one I have been disappointed in is Jordan Davis. And I thought Jordan Davis was going to be a real player this year. And it looked like at the beginning of the year. But again, like it looks like when, when he hit like the halfway point of the season and he just gassed. You never hear from him anymore. No. And, and I. I'm trying not to be too hard on Jordan Davis either because I tell myself this all the time that when you draft a defensive lineman, you have to give him a little bit of time. I mean, we've seen it plenty of times. Brandon Graham is is maybe the biggest example of all of them. Uh, But it is a little concerning to see that Jordan Davis has kind of reverted back to the guy that he was last year where you're not trusting him in big situations. You're not putting him out there on third down. And now he's not even a guy you can rely on to stop the run like you could earlier in the season. If there was one thing you you could hang your hat on when it came to this defense was that they stopped uh, teams from running the ball on him. And that was, you know, you could almost excuse the reason for why they allowed so many passing yards was, well, teams have to throw on them. Well, now teams can just do whatever they want on them. And I think a lot of it starts with the fact that the defensive line can't get home. They can't stop the run. They're not clogging up the gaps. And they're not getting any significant pressure on quarterbacks to disrupt plays. just not happening. Yeah, it's a huge problem. Let's go to John in Coatesville. What's up, John? Hey guys, happy New Year to both of you. Happy New Year! I know time. it's I know it's a rough one. It's yeah. a rough for for any Eagles fan, that's for sure. So I'm going to get into. I've been listening since maybe about ten thirty, and uh, I, I called all the plaintiffs out there, and uh, I I came to the same decision that it is definitely without question the coaching. There's just nothing there. It's always the same thing. When we were ten and one. We could have easily been ten and four, or ten and five. We could have been. We won those games, but a lot of it was, you know, hail mary, the here and there, this and that. Uh, and I know that happens throughout all football. But we could have easily been lower, and then ran into the problem we ran into. So I look at, well, what's the solution? What, what are we going to do? I mean, uh, who, who do we have that they can respect? I don't think that they that their body language shows that they're not respecting the people that are supposed to be coaching them. They're not getting the right coaching. So I look back, and I, I, I said this one time before. I've, I, I've never really called in much, but I've ran businesses. I do different things. There's times you have to change your horses. You have to do this. you got to make changes. It's constant. you got to be on top of your game. And they're not doing it. And when I saw this game, I could have exploded. I mean, this was just so pathetic. There was nothing new except for that pass play that they had, which was great. But it didn't continue. So my my whole thing is I look at who's been there and done that. And we listen to some guys that are Philadelphia people in our area. And I know it's going to sound strange maybe in a way, but you folks, just like Angelo used to do, he'd get up there on his, uh, you know, soap operatory his soapbox and he'd have to be out there calling for people to get get fired or bringing in somebody and this and that. I'm not saying it was right, but that's what he did. We need to be doing that here too. Who do you want us to not- call who do you want us to, to call for the axe for, John? Okay. So this one guy that took us, we went through the Super Bowl. We went through a lot of changes. We lost our main guy. And then we had foals to look at. And what the heck foals? We're not going to go anywhere. And then we did. We won one game. Oh, my God. Can't believe it. And we won a couple more. And then here we go. We What's the point here, John? I remember that well. Yeah. Well, the player is not the player. It's what we're talking about. It's one of the coaches who happens to be around right now who doesn't need money, but he needs to pick up his game, and he probably likes to do it. Frank, 
Right. Now, Frank Wright, you know, I know for a fact, you don't want to be a loser going out. He just got fired from that job. And so you, you, wanna, you want the Eagles to hire Frank Wright to do what, John? Be the head coach? Save the season. No, 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 no. No, he's not a head coach. He's, he's a fraud. He, oh, he's, he, you say he's a fraud? <laughs> that, was, that, was, uh, that was Howard. That, that was Howard. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, anyhow, I don't think he's a fraud. I think he helped... I think he helped Nick out there. I think he put plays in, too. And I think he would be good. And the other one on the on the defense side, and I know we just got Patricia, I thought he was going to do pretty good at this point in time. We didn't see much by defense with him. I like Seth Joyner. You ever hear Seth talk? Yeah, no, I mean, John, oh, yeah. I, I got you, John. I appreciate the call. I, Seth, we, we've had the Seth conversation yep. before. I don't think Seth is is interested in coming back to. Oh. May, maybe I don't know. I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd, I'd be willing to just speak for him. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I don't want to speak for Seth. Maybe might, the Eagles could reach out. Perhaps they could reach out to Seth. Um, but as far as Frank, like they're not hiring. They're not hiring a new coach with a week to go in the regular season. Frank Reich's. I'm sorry, Frank Reich's not coming back to save the season. I mean, what you got is what you got. Frank Reich might be here next year if Nick yeah, Sirianni's here. Lovely, but I don't know. Talk about panic fr- from the top. Like if all of a sudden with one week left to go, Sirianni's like, you know what? I need I need more help. Yeah, let's bring here. Frank Reich in. Like, oh, new new, off- new play call. Yep, I'm Frank sure the players are going to have a lot of trust in in this whole structure. Like man, they are panicking yet again. What do, what do you think about that, Francisco? You think Frank Reich you bring him back? Ah, uh, no. Let's not bring in new coaches uh, with a week left. Fraudulent Frank? Is that what you're that what you're implying? It here? just fit. I, I mean, don't know. Fra- I just felt like yeah. Let's face it. Frank Reich doesn't have the best track record over the last. Hey, he's four been fired years. No. two years. Yeah, the last two years. Yeah, no. I mean, he's also Reason. worked for for. Kind of insane owners. Ursay and Te- what is Tepper doing? By the way, he's throwing drinks clown, on what fans. Clown, dude. What's the matter with this guy? <laughs> Things can be worse. TK, you can have the worst record in the NFL and not even own your number one pick. And you could have your owner tossing drinks at opposing teams' fans. I mean, things things can be worse. You know what? Him firing Frank Reich was probably like the best thing for Frank. Reich. <laughs> it was the smartest thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, best thing for Frank Reich. But like, also, we can now drop the whole like Frank Reich was the was the the doctor for Carson Wentz. Like, well, no, Carson now Wentz, it's Steichen was the, yeah. the guy for Syrian. Oh, oh, I know, but but like Carson Wentz sucked in Indianapolis with Frank Reich. Uh, you know, Frank Reich, I'm, I'm just I'm out on at this point. I don't think Frank Reich is the answer to to all of our problems, and I, I think that would just be another panic lever that you're pulling by bringing in another senior offensive advisor. Like, how much more help does this head coach need right. to run what is supposed to be his offense? Yeah, how about this? How about the head coach fixes the problems on the team? I know it's a novel concept, but maybe he doesn't need all these different advisors and helpers. How about the head coach does something? Does well, his job? Well, don't they say too the many issues. opinions can be a bad thing? Uh, yeah, like too much, too, too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, that's what I'm what saying. They call it. And also, like we we just talked about this a little bit ago, TK, in the last segment, like. Maybe there is, like, don't they kind of have to find some things out about who these guys really are on this team through these last, you know, whatever, this next game and the first playoff game? Like, Yes. They need to give Sirianni the keys and find out if he is the guy. Yes. This is about finding out whether Nick Sirianni should be back here next year. And I can't believe it, but it's the case. Let's go to Fred in Scranton. What's up, Fred? Fred. Hey, what's going on, guys? I love your show, by the way. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you, Fred. Um... Listen, I was at the game Christmas Day, and uh, it was my first live action, live football. My son got me the tickets for Christmas. Nice. I mean, he lives down in Philly. I'm up here in Scranton. And uh, I've been a, an Eagle fan for, like, well over 40 years. I do agree with a lot of your callers, but 
I think I see a coaching change coming. I do. Even if he gets to the NFC Championship game, Sirianni, their old habits are going to rear their ugly heads, so to speak. I mean, what what I saw yesterday, I saw a beat-down team, a team that was beat down. They're old in the secondary on the outside. Maybe that's a miscalculation on Roseman, but you know what? He took he rolled the dice. You do have to pay a quarterback. What I saw um uh Christmas Day that that uh that third and twenty, that was amazing that you don't you're not gonna get a lot of players that can do that. So Hertz is worth the money. And those and those guys like uh uh AJ and Avante, they're gonna be here for a while and probably Swift, if they're smart, they keep them. They have a championship offense, but the defense is a mess and their play calling is a mess so that comes back to leadership you need a coach a head coach that can call plays that can that can go with the flow of the game Doug Peterson did that their secondary wasn't that great the year they won the Super Bowl if you guys remember correctly oh, I remember you know so and I appreciate you waiting for me so I mean I, I was waiting an hour to talk to you Thanks. guys well, Fred, we, us, we appreciate it Fred I mean no, it, I, I'm a first time caller so okay. I'll probably call you guys again good stuff WIP got me through the last five weeks because I've been like a head case really well <laughs> we all have been yeah, Fred. that's th- th- what we're here for though thank you Fred appreciate the call and the kind words and yeah I mean I do think Kyle like there's a discussion to be had now about the the, the head coaching situation like yeah. Whether the Eagles do need a coach who can call plays, because we talked about it earlier in terms of the turnover and finding new coordinators, because if you're a good team, you're always going to lose your coaches. Mm -hmm. Like, you're going to lose them to better jobs. You're going to lose them to head coaching jobs. And, I mean, it's only a matter of time. And it's just, I I think when you have a coach like Nick, um, it's so hard to constantly surround him when you just need to find these diamond-in-the-rough type guys. Because everybody knows who the good coaches Mm -hmm. are. So, you know, I, I... I think having a coach who can call the plays and be the schemer and be that guy does give you a, a real leg up. And and if the Eagles do move on, that's certainly what they're going to be looking for. Right. And I, like it's like I agree with you 100. percent I just can't I can't do this every every year now where right. all of a sudden we're like is you know is this guy going to going to be the the magical fix to Nick Sirianni's offense? By the way, like why do we need to keep finding these guys to run Nick Sirianni's offense? It's supposed to be his. I don't know. Like I, I come away from that game feeling less worried about, because I, I know we, we had conversations about the quarterback over the last few weeks and his leadership and whether or not he's regressing. I was on record putting Jalen Hurts on Wentz watch, not not Wentz warning, but Wentz watch. I'm all for that right now. I think I feel better about the quarterback, and I think that game gave me answers to a lot of the questions that I had of whether it was coaches or players causing this offense to struggle. I, I think it, a lot of it comes down to coaches, specifically Nick Sirianni, after that game that we just saw. Yeah, and I still have no doubts about Jalen Hurts. I agree with you. I still think he's the guy. I don't regret paying him or no. anything. But you need to put the right people around them. Let's go to Sean in Delaware. What's up, Sean? Hey, man. How's it going? What's up, Sean? What's up, guys? Um... I had two things, or a couple things actually. One, everyone keeps talking about the NFC East. At this point, you know, you look at the Phillies and the NL East, it, it doesn't matter if you can't get to the big dips. So, you know, I, I know it's nice to win it and say there's tradition and, and those things and, you know, back to back. But at the end of the day, if you were to tell me 
hey, Eagles, you take the five seed, we'll see you in the Super Bowl. Or you can win the NFC East and get bouncing around one. I mean, you got to say go to the Super Bowl. Of, co- of course. Right. I mean, of, of course. But, sure. Sean, what makes you think they're going to be able to make a run to the Super Bowl? Well, there's, and there's not even no, like a real no, look, correlation I, there. Yeah. No, I mean, I, it, it, to me, it's just I, I don't see it as the NFC East right now is the, the least of the concerns. Like, it's, no. it would be a consolation prize. Yeah. I don't even me. care about Well, I don't think they're winning the point. NFC yeah. East, so I wouldn't worry about no. it. Yeah, oh, I don't disagree. So yeah. my, my thing is there with that is if you look at the last couple games, one sack yesterday, no punts. One sack the week before, and a Giants team that – you know, they punted a few times, but because of mistakes they made, yep. we're, it just seems we're we're moving in the wrong direction. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't know who the answer is. And honestly, I'm, I was kind of hoping yesterday Hurts would step up at some point, get off the bench, maybe go say some words to the defense. Like, hey, look, because they're just losing their identity. And they said it during the game yesterday when they had that drive where they were feeding Swift, they were pumping the ball, and it's just like, hey, five yards six yards and that's who they were last year and they were that we're going to grind and we're going to run you down and that just goes away like they do one drive and hey we're going to come out and throw three times yes Sean and I I agree with you man I appreciate the call and I think that's that's part of the problem Kyle is what's this team's identity yeah like what do they do well okay they do the put tush push well like that is their thing Mm -hmm. okay so they get to third and fourth and short they're really good but aside from that they have no identity. No. Like 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 Sean said, they're not I mean, they're not physical. They're they're not really explosive. It's like it's just there's nothing that you can say this is their hallmark. This is what they have to fall back on. This is what they do well when things get tough. No, the identity right now, I said it in the beginning of the show, is is like ineptitude. It's it's a disconnect. There is a growing disconnect right now. And I think uh, to sort of go off of that point there, is the messaging from the quarterback and the head coach a different message? Is what the players hear from Jalen Hurts different from what they hear from Nick Sirianni? And is these in these closed doors, private meetings amongst players, are they talking about, we're not listening to, the, to these idiots. Like, we know much better than these guys. And if that's the case, that is a huge problem. And that means that, I, I, like, I hate to say it, that spells the end for Nick Sirianni. If that's the case, it yeah, just does. It, it definitely does, and you know that's that's what they're going to have to figure out the next couple games here. Let's go to Allen North Philly. What's up, Al? Hey, uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Hello. I've been listening to this station for the last twenty four hours. Wow. I didn't even turn it off at night. I had nightmares <laughs> thinking about the Eagles. Um, now, I had uh, just wanted to say something that's been tried in basketball, been tried in uh, in baseball, never in football because of the complexity. But I, I, I got to put this out there first. The way you gentlemen jump down the throat of the Frank Wright caller. Now, you gentlemen tend to be very polite to callers, but it just it made me want to not say anything. The only solution, it seems that you guys keep coming up with is that the coaches have to figure it out, but then you say they're incapable of it. So you got your answer. If we rely on the coaches, the season's over. So I just want to just throw out a crazy, desperate idea that's much worse than a Frank Wright call. But I want, I want to just put it out there because we have to think out of the box. Now, this will either save the season or make it officially crash and burn. And I don't know which one. But the um, 
but it guarantees that the fans would be all in and that the players would be 100% in on every play. So maybe we don't fire the coaches, but we turn over all the offensive, defensive schemes, the designs, the play calling during the game to the starting players and maybe some retired Eagles if they agree to it, whoever will agree to it. At worst, they just do what they're doing now. They'll lose out and look bad. But it's possible they might actually turn things around because these players know the playbook as well as the coaches, and they're tired of their manhood being questioned every five minutes by terrible uh, teams. And, and if we hear one more quote from 49er players about how bad the Eagles are, you know, these players have some pride, real serious pride. And maybe we ought to give them a chance to put everything on the line and call the shots well, for themselves. I hear you, Al. Appreciate the call. What do you think, Kyle? Uh, give, give, turn it over to the players. Let the players run the show the rest of the way. Well, so like I, I just sort of reject the the original premise there, and that like because, uh, well, by I, the way, no, that's not going to happen. I, well, yeah, most, most definitely the- not. But uh, what I'm saying is, I don't like I don't necessarily have faith in this coaching staff, but I'm almost at a point where I'm willing to throw them out there and let them either crash and burn or get it figured out. Like I need answers at this point. For me, right now. I think turning around this season, this year, is a lost cause. I now am turning my attention to what am I going to do in this offseason? Who do I need to address? What is the problem that I need to weed out and root out of this team? So I I need answers in that sense. I don't think I'm scrambling to find a solution to salvage this season. They're in trouble, man. They're going to have to go on the road and win all their games if they want to even have a chance to play in San Francisco for a chance. Like These things are not happening. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's what it is. It's about finding out the root cause of your of your problems here. Is it a coaching problem? Is it a personnel problem? You know, and, and how do we fix it? Because you know, it feels like you wasted a season. Yeah. Like that's what it feels. That's the the overwhelming feeling that I have today is that you have a talented roster, but you wasted a season uh, because, you know, they, they weren't prepared well enough. But Let it, uh, slip, let it slip away, TK. Yeah, they did. Well, that'll do it for us today, Kyle. This wow. is a fun show, man. Man, it flew by. It did fly by. Whew. So wait, so you're back in producing the midday show tomorrow. Right? Yep, and all week. All right. Well, yep. well, you'll hear Kyle then. I'll be back on tomorrow night from eight to eleven, and then I'll be in on the afternoon show Wednesday, Thursday, Friday with Rob Ellis. So that should be fun. Uh, thank you to the great Francisco Rojas Francisco. for Cookie Rojas. Thank you, Cookie. <laughs> Appreciate it. And I'll be seeing you later this week. Uh, but stay tuned. Coming up next, afternoon show. Broads, Al Morgani. They will take you up till six o'clock obviously breaking down this Eagles loss where they go from here Uh, but thank you everybody for listening Tom Kelly Kyle Quinn WIP Midday Show Sports Radio 94 WIP we really need new phones T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month new iPhone 15s only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t oh, 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 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.